And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. New VanCast to wrap up the week and the month and to put a bow on a crazy July in the hockey world. But I'm not going to lie, Drancer, this one hits a little differently. It's hard to wrap my head around it. You know what I mean? Like, I I just, I, I yesterday I was thinking about it. I was like, I guess we're doing that for, you know, one last time. Like, I, I, it's crazy. We've been, it's been such a part of our routine for two years. And I know that's true for our listeners, too. Let's do it, man. Let's do it one last time together. And we're going out. We're going out on top. Like we're going out on a high. Uh, what fun it's been to have you as a podcast partner in the last two years, bud. Right. So so let's save the goodbyes till the end because okay. I said when I announced that I was stepping away that we wouldn't half-ass anything, that we would do what we've done for the past couple of years, and that's just drill down as deep as we can on any and every Vancouver Canucks topic. And I do want to thank everybody that checked out our free agent pod on Wednesday because uh, there was a lot of ground to cover, and we covered it all, I think, except for Phil Giuseppe, who was added to that long, long list uh, well after the fact. And I don't, know <laughs> that, I don't know that we need to double back there, but there were a couple of offshoots from Wednesday. And, you know, I think we had healthy skepticism about just the overall defense core. Like, lots of moving pieces. We liked some of the moves. There were questions about some others, but... Uh, our colleague here at the Athletic, Dom Lecision, like he came off the top rope uh, on Tucker Pullman. He called it the most unfathomable move of free agency day on Wednesday. That's not exactly a glowing review. No. And, you know, there's deals that get signed on free agency that you start to like hear from people. You know, like people who are in NHL war rooms or on NHL Zoom calls throughout the league like text you and are like, what? Like, ah! You know, every now and then you get the, these ones. And sometimes you hear from people you never hear from. And that was one of them. That was one where like, you know, 
the, the, this was not a widespread assessment, right? Bringing in Tucker Pullman and paying him as, and granted, they're not paying him as a top pair guy. They're paying him as a four or five, right? He's four or five payroll. But, you know, lots of, lots of teams have him as like a six, seven in terms of how they saw him. And right. so, yeah, it created a lot of chatter. And then you throw in the fact that Pullman also doesn't show particularly well by the analytics, right? And you've sort of got, you've got a player that, yeah, a signing that's going to be panned. That's going to be panned in the industry and and by the by the commentary, the hockey media, and and so and so it's come to pass. I, I mean, look, Bullman wouldn't have been my pick, frankly, but I think what they were going for there is they wanted a defensive oriented defenseman, a guy who played some matchup minutes last season, as Pullman did alongside um, you know Josh Morrissey in Winnipeg on on a relatively regular basis. Not always. He, he didn't play like the toughest competition among Jets defenders, but he played toughs. And mo- most importantly, Jay Pat, he can move. Like, he's a good skater for a man his size. And isn't, I mean, I just think that was an essential, he, he had those traits that I think they probably felt were absolutely essential to play with all of Reckman Larson, right? Big, can can move, uh, can has experience in matchup minutes where we're going to play Oliver Reckman Larson, has some speed to help cover for for OEL should his you know mobility not bounce back next year, which which you can't reasonably expect it to, right? Um, my guess is they're going for a like between them they can be more than this some of their parts right. approach, yep. and then because the market was so overheated for players like Pullman, you know that that drives the price up, it drives the amount of years, and so you get to a deal that you know a lot of people in the industry. And, and let me use it one last time in, in your presence, <laughs> J-Pat, side-eyed. Ah, I thought you were going tidy piece of business, but... No, 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 no. <laughs> not that, in this tidy, case. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Side-eyed is more our thing. Yes, no question. <laughs> you know, and, and also, Tom, like, like, great, he skates well, but you don't ever want this guy skating with the puck because that's not what he does. So, no. like, these sort of seem like independent thoughts like one is that okay he skates well i mean he's an nhler he ought to but he's also uh you know sort of the prototypical stay-at-home defenseman like there, there's no uh takeaway statistics in fact i had somebody and i told the story on Sakaris and price yesterday but i had somebody message me and say that tucker pullman has to wear louis number 21 and i was like why and he's like, well, Pullman had one point and one penalty last year and left no statistical evidence that he took part in almost all of the 39 games that he played. And that would therefore extend the legacy that Louie left here for, for most of his five years. Wow. <laughs> wow. The, <laughs> I had, I had, uh, I had someone say of Tucker Pullman to me that he, he's the example of the player who, um, like, it, Hangs around if you hang around the NHL long enough and don't produce, people start to say you're good defensively. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, "Ouch, that's that's mean." But you well, know. well, look, the move came Wednesday in the heat of free agency, as we talked about the other day too. You know, defensive defensemen and these middle defensemen, like they got paid for whatever reason that was the run this year. But then, as is so often the case. You know, if you wait, there are bargains to be found. Like John Merrill signed a, a one-year manageable deal in Minnesota. I know he was a guy that you guys liked uh, in those pieces that you wrote about, you know, 10 defensemen the Canucks could be looking at. Uh, so John, totally. John Merrill got a, a one-year deal in mini. And our boy, Yanni Hockenpah, was a little slow off the line in free agency. 
but he gets three by 1.5. Uh, I think the catcher was, though, the Canucks don't have enough fins, right? He went to Dallas to join the rest of all those fins that are with the Stars. Well, but I think that like that what happened is what happened is hack and pay. The hack and pay market wasn't exactly hot. Robust. I wasn't I wasn't bidding on him, obviously, because uh, then he would have done then he would have been signed right off the hop. But, you know, the hack and pay market was a little soft and. I think by the time teams sort of circled back to him later in the day, and I, I think there ended up being three or four teams in the mix, um, you know, the fact that Dallas had the Finns became, you know, topper. Uh, <laughs> the topper, the topper considering the offers. But that doesn't mean that you can't get the guy if you come in strong early, right? Like that's the, the Finns thing is, is a thing that someone decides is like puts a team over the top in when the offers are like sort of, you know, lower than market, right? Um, yeah, the Canucks didn't really pursue that one. I, I think they, I don't think they had a view that he was the type of puck mover that they wanted. And, and you know, but but they signed Tucker Pullman. So it, I, I don't know. And we'll get to sort of what's left for the Vancouver Canucks. And obviously there are still like sizable pieces of business with Hughes and Pedersen and to a lesser degree, Jason Dickinson. But when you look at what the Canucks did, and I know it was primarily on the right side in free agency, but Brad Hunt's a lefty. And Plays the right side, though. Devontae Stevens is a lefty, although he's never played in the NHL, so he's sort of Abbott's for depth. But like, I, I do wonder about Ole Levy's place in the organization, and if there really is one at this stage. Like, I think Rathbone is penciled in ahead of him to start the season. Now, maybe there's a, an open competition uh, at training camp, but like when Travis Green had the option down the stretch late last year in those games, it really didn't mean much and were showcases for for young guys. Like Yulevi had trouble getting in the lineup, and I don't know. Like he needs a deal. He's an RFA. Even if he takes his qualifying offer, it's close to a million bucks. That you know, I don't know if there's a trade market out there. I mean, I'm kind of spitballing here, but I just when I look at what the Canucks have done, the way that they're going sort of the way that Yulevi was utilized last year. Do you still think that he is a prospect in this organization? Like, where do you think he fits in the Canucks grand plan? I think there's a lot of hope that he will come back and have a good season next year. I definitely think they're going to sign him. And then I think they're going to be very reluctant to waive him in the event that he doesn't make the team. I think we have not seen the last chapter with Ole Yulevi in the Canucks organization yet. Uh, you know, he's an RFA, but very few counting stats, very few NHL games played. A little bit surprised he didn't accept his qualifying offer. I do think that that's one that, you know, will take a bit of time, mostly because the Canucks are not going to be able to pay him a ton, right? Like the Canucks are sure. going to need, and, and honestly, if he wants to play, he's going to need to be at a level where you can't look and be like, well, he's you know, a hundred K more expensive than Brad Hunt and he's our seventh defenseman, you know, and that, that be decisive, right? Like you, you, Rathbone's going to be at an eight, six hundred K cap hit, right? Uh, Brad Hunt's going to be at 800. Yolevi needs to be in there. Like he needs to be in there. Otherwise it's going to materially impact his opportunity to make this team, frankly. And they want him to make this team. Like they want, they want Yolevi to work. And, they're hopeful that he will. Like there's, I think there's a real sense of hope that a good off season, 
can do wonders for him, that he's been injured so often, um, you know, that a, a healthy offseason, and granted he obviously had a pretty se- severe case of COVID, but, you know, a, a full offseason off, uh, maybe he can work on his skating a little bit, come back with better feet. And, you know, they like the brain, it's just the mobility, right? Like his feet will determine where he goes in his NHL career. And to this point, that's still been a concern. We all know what I think of Oli Olevi at this point, right? Like, I think Oli Olevi is just clearly the fifth left defenseman on this depth chart. Like, very clearly. And yet, because he's going to require waivers, because he's a sixth overall pick, I would imagine that he's not waived unless, you know, Brad Hunt and Jack Rathbone make it very apparent, right? Like, that he should be. I think it's going to be really tough for him to um, to to not make the team, considering his pedigree and all the organizations invested in him. That said, we know this Canucks organization cares about what happens at training camp, so you know it, we'll we'll see. Uh, there's a lot of hope for for Yulevi. I, I do want to come back to one thing on Pullman. Uh, sure. Jim Benning, Jim Benning. I heard him on the radio said, you know, our coaches watched him and on and on. Like they did do their homework here. They just fundamentally have a different evaluation of Pullman than the analytics, than the public sort of uh, eye test crowd, than most Winnipeg people who watched him. Um, and, and then some NHL teams, although not all NHL teams, because obviously there was enough interest to drive his price and term up. And so we'll see. Like, you know, one thing one thing I'm not going to say is like, I, I suspect from having watched the Jets a fair bit that the evaluation is off. But they put work into this. Like, they, there's something they see there in addition to the fit with OEL. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what that is, and we'll see how it plays out when they get on the ice. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Want to transition now to Pedersen and Hughes. And before we do that, though, Jim Hughes, uh, Quinn's dad, Jack and Luke's dad as well. Uh, he was on the Athletic Hockey Show. The mom, Ellen, was on as well. But here, we're going to play a clip from Jim Hughes. On the Athletic Hockey Show with Craig Custance and Sean Gentilly, he was asked about some of the talk in hockey circles after the draft with Jersey picking up Luke to go along with Jack. Uh, the question, and, and people, I saw it in social as well, that, you know, Quinn's going to someday want to join his younger brothers in New Jersey. This is Jim Hughes with his response to that. Quinn's in a great spot and with great people, and we're excited about some of the moves that Vancouver has made. In terms of upgrading their group, and we had so much fun watching Quinn in Vancouver that during the bubble year, and so it's um, we, we like to believe that all of our boys are in good spots with 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 Jim Benning and Travis Green and and Lindy and Tom Fitzgerald, and then obviously Mel Pearson and his staff. So we we're 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 really happy with the situations for all three of them. All right, there you go, Dancer. Uh, happy with the situations for all three of them. Parents love the coaches. All is good. Quinn Stan put. Or love something love like watching that. the Canucks. Love it. <laughs> in the so bubble. Much fun. In the bubble, oh, he said. Specifically in the bubble. He qualified. Well, and, and they were fun in the bubble. 
And look, I mean, I wrote this a little bit today. I have a new Canucks column up at The Athletic. Uh, not that not that I should use this, you know, very sentimental operation of ours to discuss these matters, but uh, to plug my work. But, you know, when you look at the amount of changeover that this team has actually brought in, right? Like 17 players who are either on the 23-man, which was actually a 28-man because it's expanded, right? After the, yeah. uh, yes. or uh, after the, or I think it was 26-man, after the deadline. Um, LTI or IR. Taxi squad, and then I'm including Sven Berchi because he was on the cap, even though he was in the minors, right? right. So if, yep. if, you, if you count up those players who were there on the final day of the regular season this past May, 17 guys are out. 17. That's a lot. That's a lot of turnover, JPAT. We know the club signed 18 guys. We know they made three trades, bought out a couple of guys. Like, we know that they've been busy, but 17 bodies have been turned over all told. Um, it's it's commendable. We've I've spent a lot of time crediting Canucks hockey operations with like the high volume of moves that have been made over the past few weeks. But let's be honest, that level of turnover is also a problem, right? Like it also not only does it sort of say a bunch of you know a bunch about how the organization viewed some of the players that were within it. But it also, I think says a lot about how, you know, Edler wanted to leave. Finally, finally, after not waving, right. About Nate Schmidt who waved to Winnipeg, Winnipeg JPEG to get out of Dodge. Uh, you know, the fact that Braden Holpe welcomed to buyout, like his camp was grateful for it. You know, it's amazing. Amazing to look over all that's transpired and think, you know, that this club not didn't just shit turn over an awful lot, but had to. Like it's a sorry reflection of where they were at. And one thing, one thing I think's worth noting about this, like there's really crucial context here beyond just the fact that you know talking about this as an unhappy group, right, was dead on. There's also the fact that. If you want to understand why the Canucks pushed so much chips, so many assets, so much future asset weaponry, so much cap space weaponry into going for something this season, the playoffs anyway, bouncing back, putting that 2021 season behind them, uh, washing the bad taste from everyone's mouth. Like, I think you have to understand that they needed to accomplish enough here this offseason that when players came back next year and, and reported to camp, the vibe was completely different than it was last year where, you know, everyone was like, what the fuck did we do? You know, they needed to get moving again for the sake of maintaining their young core, for the sake of, you know, getting this build back on any kind of track, right? Like it was such a joke what occurred in 2021. It, they couldn't afford a repeat. And I think it's a really key factor in understanding how they've conducted themselves, especially, you know, like over the past two months, but especially over the past three weeks was it, it, it last season was so cataclysmic that it needed to be put behind them in a material way. There was no way that they could keep everyone happy and also like just let some of those bad money deals expire and not pay to get rid of them. Like, I just don't think the organization felt that was a realistic route that they could take. 
Well, and I don't disagree about all the players that want it out, and and we've seen that. And but it's important to remember, Brandon Sutter wanted to be here, and he's back. So they didn't all want to go. Brandon no, Sutter. guys do. Guys, some and, <laughs> Brandon and Sutter Brad, wants to Brad be here. Hunt, Brad Hunt wants to be here. Like you know, it's not about Vancouver. <laughs> we have to get over that one. This market needs to get over that one. It's not bad that you care about hockey. Do not let any idiot tell you that it's bad that you care about hockey this much. Like, it's not. That, you know what I find funny? Because I heard this again, too, uh, this week was about the terrible start for the Canucks last year. And and look, I get that the vibe was oh, funky. So, so weird. Yeah, It was. But it's important to remember, Tom, they were 6-5 and five after 11 games. Like, the on-ice record. Now, 11's arbitrary. I get that. Because it was after that that they went in the tank and they lost six in a row. But this idea that they somehow just shit the bed right out of the gates. Like, they started in Alberta with those two games. They won an opening night in Edmonton. They were 1-3, and three, and then they kind of got the lifeline from that terrible Ottawa team that right. came in here. And that allowed them to exhale and get back to 500. And then they won in Winnipeg at the start of a road trip. They were 6-5 and five in a 56-game season. Yeah. Like, so... That yes. Winnipeg game two was their best of the year. Like it that was, was. Yeah. that was an incredible game. But the until that game, the way they played, like regardless of their record, they looked like I know, shit. I know. And 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 as I said, like that Ottawa team threw them a lifeline because that Senators team and the one that finished the season night and day, and they quite frankly they needed that, right? Like they they that was Toffoli had come to town and lit them up and started that whole storyline, oh and then God. they got the three. And I, I don't want to revisit the whole season, but it's just that eleven games. Like they I start always, with, I always want to revisit that Tyler Toffoli <laughs> story. Yeah, it's like it's like the green the green Power Ranger pulled out his dagger and do 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 do, and a and a thirty foot Tyler Toffoli emerged from English Bay and just stomped all over town. It was incredible. I love it. That was my that was my favorite out, part. Was hungry for more the, the hat trick that he didn't score. Oh, so yeah, that was a great reaction. Incredible. Uh, let's talk quickly though about Hughes and Pedersen because we heard from the dad. Uh, you know, we looks like we're going to get through the month of July and no new contracts for those guys. And uh, I always kind of thought that Hughes would take a little bit of backseat just because of the ten two C. You know, I, I don't think I'm as worried about an offer sheet now that. You know, so much money's been spent in unrestricted free agency. Teams have blown their budgets. But ultimately, you need deals for these guys. And, you know, if you look at Jim Benning's negotiation history, like, they went deep into the summer with Bo Horvat. They flew him into Penticton, in fact, to introduce him when he got his deal done because Young Stars was underway. And, of course, Brock Besser missed training camp in Victoria. And Jim held media uh, in the first intermission, I believe, of that first preseason game against Calgary in Victoria to announce that they got a deal done with Brock Besser. So uh, this seems like a GM with his star player. It's like he's not afraid to sort of play the waiting game. And yet this is a team that starts with a six-game road trip. Uh, the heat is on already about, you know, improved performance. The GM himself laying it down earlier this week, expecting that they're going to be a playoff team. So uh, certainly in his best interest to have his best players happy healthy, signed, sealed, and delivered well before training camp. Yeah. I, look, the 10.2C thing, like, you have no leverage as a 10.2C. Your only leverage is to not report. And it's not unusual for those guys in particular to get done late. 
right? Like Bo Horvat getting flown into Young Stars camp, that still implies that he's a week out from training camp, right? That's yep. still done in time for him to be there for the 40 skate, for the beep test. Um, 10.2C guys, like Jaden Schwartz got done really late when he was a St. Louis Blues 10.2C. Tory Krug held out. Johnny Gaudreau missed games, actual regular season games. Like, when we say... When we say that negotiating with Quinn Hughes, once you get to this point, because he's a 10.2C, you know, like, it should not be. And in this market, you cannot say something like this without people freaking out, right? But it's like, it should not be a salacious point to note that, you know, if Hughes is not at day one of training camp, like that that's a realistic possibility. That's a real like that's an adult risk that teams have to be aware of. Players of a certain caliber with 10.2 C status pretty regularly end up missing some time at the start of the season because it's really their only leverage point in negotiations. And we've seen it here in the last 2 years with Besser. But but it's really hard to sort of say that in any meaningful way without it being like, you know, put on Twitter, Drance, colon, Quinn Hughes holding out for sure. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like that. It's, be an adult about this. Look at the history of black hole players. They often get done after camp begins. Often. And so, yeah, I mean, that one's going to be a tricky one. And it's going to be especially tricky because the market for defensemen has gone nuts. Has gone nuts. Like, Miro Haskinen, 8.5, basically, 8.45, record valuation. Uh, Kale McCarr, 9.5, record valuation. Now, Hughes doesn't have the case that either of those guys does. His status is different, and his platform year struggles were significant in his own end. And yet, I promise you, he thinks he's he's as good as those guys, right? Like, I promise you that. And he's not all the way wrong. Like, he's not all the way wrong. And... You know, you look at what happened with Wierenski and, and some of these numbers getting tossed about, you know, like, I, I'm pretty sure Quinn Hughes wants to be paid fairly, right? Wants to be paid what, what he thinks is fair. I, I think that's going to be a tricky one. And I think it's only gotten trickier with some of the news that's come out and his, you know, limited leverage. Uh, the one thing the Canucks have working in their favor, though, is that they do have a fair bit of cap space, right? Like, they do have 19-ish, 20-ish million uh, on, on the off-season cap and probably close to that in terms of real cap spend too once Furland goes on LTI. Um, they're going to have options here to, to figure things out. And, you know, the, but, but yeah, the Pedersen one's the extant one because you're living now in a world where you're under under risk of an offer sheet. That was a shape to the Canucks off-season in terms of the space they opened up. Uh, Dickinson, Dickinson's a day out or two days out from being able to file for arbitration this weekend. I think that's, you know, a fait accompli. That's for sure going to happen. Um, so we'll see more movement, I'd expect, on Pedersen and Hugh and, and Dickinson first. And the Hughes one, you know, I, just looks to me as a situation that's almost become more complicated because of the comps, because of the lack of leverage, because of that black hole status, which always makes things so tricky. Uh, you know, it, it's it's one worth monitoring in a, in a in a very specific way, and and you know that doesn't mean to say that it's going to get contentious, even right. It's just yeah, no, that's that's just... the shape of this situation. 
Sorry, I'm just busy typing out. Drance says Hughes holding <laughs> out. Uh, okay, I got that. It's not Sam, even holding out. Hit, not hit, reporting. Excuse not reporting. Me. Yes, you're right. Let's make sure we're dealing with facts. Uh, the, the one thing, though, is, you know, we're conditioned in normal times. Remember those normal times. Yeah. You'd get through the draft in late June. Free agency was July 1st. And then you would have all of July and all of August to deal with whatever business you had as a hockey club. It's August on Sunday. Like... I know, you know the crazy. calendar has been pushed along here. Like we turn the calendar to August, you're saying next month now for training camp. Like so, it is a compressed window. Like everything has been in really over the last two hockey cycles. So uh, you know, time is ticking. You can hear the clock if you put your ear to the ground, and we'll see how ultimately all of this plays out. Uh, speaking of clocks, I'm throwing you under the bus here because it's the last one, and you don't really get any recourse after this, but. Uh, the VIP should know that Jeff Demet, our producer, and I were ready to roll and record at 8 o'clock on Friday morning. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Where were you? I was sleeping. I, I, I slept in. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then I woke up to a text. Are you joining the party? <laughs> Demet sent me a text. Are you joining the party? Um, now, first of all, one thing our listeners should know is like you do not typically have patience for lateness, right? Like, I do you, not. I do not. Tardiness no. drives you mental. Yes. And fair and, and super fair, by the way, like I, I have I've, and I've tried to be punctual through our time together. Like there's times where I've been a couple minutes late, but for the most part, I've been pretty good, right? You've been pretty good. And again, truth be told, and we're just emptying it all here on the last pod. Uh, there's also been many instances of, all right, are we ready to record? Yeah, we're ready to record. Oh, just a sec. I got to take this. Right. Yeah, there have been a few of those. That yeah. That's a that's a special of mine. Um <laughs> <laughs> but then I come to the pod and I've got better intel. I, fair I, enough. No, fair you know, enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I've got to take this. Oh, I'm the worst. Anyway, last night I was, I, I had an, I got to take this moment. I'd, I'd made some, some peri peri. Like I made some spicy chicken in my Instapot and I plated it and I sat down to eat it and I got a call. Like I got a call that I had to take. And I stood up from the table just to say hello, and seconds, se- uh, took only seconds, Wallace jumped up no, and, and, and no. grabbed a, a really good thigh of, <laughs> of spicy chicken, like spicy. And, you know, it's not like with a kid. I can't be like, you won't like it. It's spicy, Wallace, you know? like <laughs> Too and late. Now, now yeah. first of all, dogs, dogs' stomachs are like, you know, raccoons. Like, they can eat anything. Except spice. Like, they can't eat spice. They're the worst at tolerating it. And compounding that, Wallace is really allergic to chicken. So, so it was a double whammy. Like, the moment, <laughs> the moment it got in his mouth, and he only got, like, a small nibble. Like, I, I was really quick in getting it from him. But the moment he got it in his mouth, I was like, I'm going to sleep terribly tonight. Like, I knew immediately that I was in for one, and I was. I was up at three. I was up at five. And then I was up at 7.55 ahead of our 8 a.m. record. And I was like, oh, that's great. I'm just going to make it. I'm just going to lie here for another couple of minutes. And oh, 8.20. (laughs) 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 And a text from Demet, are you joining the party? So, yeah, no, excuse me. Um, Excuse me. But I I also, I just got to take this. (laughs) (laughs) Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, for the VIPs that have been with us through the two years, uh, we started this project back in, I think, late September, early October of the 2019 season. The Canucks uh, started out on the road in Edmonton and then Calgary, and that's where we had the BAMP trip and the BAMP boys. And, you know, that started off uh, just a stretch of a ton of fun, right? Like the adventures of traveling with a hockey club. It's a great gig. Uh, we tried to bring some of those. Boys. Yeah, we tried to bring some of those stories along. Axe throwing in Nashville, uh, Pecan Lodge in Dallas, baseball oh, yeah. playoff baseball in New York. Like we, oh, we did yeah. a lot. Prince Street Pizza, but I made you walk like ninety minutes for yes, Prince you Street. Did. Oh, and then we also got Parm. Yes, we even dragged IMAC. Yeah, the we dragged rain. IMAC to Parm. Yes. So again, it was a ton of fun. I'm gonna miss all of that. I, I didn't even swap those- out your order that time, eh? No, you were on best. I let you order you yourself. On, you did. I'm a big boy, and you let me. You let me order, and I appreciate that. Uh, but one of the staples of the VanCast during that first COVID break was, and it was your idea. We were like, let's do something here on the pod. You know, it'll kill some time. It'll give us something to talk about, have some fun. And so we played name that Canuck, and Jordan on Twitter asked for one final. Name that Canuck. And when I saw the tweet, and in fact, you texted me right away, and you were like, got to do this. We got to do this. And I was like, yeah, I'm in. Why not? Let's have a little fun to wrap things up here. Anything goes on the final VanCast. And so we'll take this little trip down memory lane. Are you ready to play Name That Canuck? I'm ready to play. You go first, though. I go first? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, this is like, this is like you know, uh, this is your last VanCast. So I want you to, I want you to guess second. Right, like that's you want to crush you yeah. want to crush me after I now, threw you under the bus. And now, quickly, we we you and I you and I discussed the rules for this uh, yes. over text message message yesterday, right? And you know, you you determined minimum twenty five games and with since, the Canucks, yes. And since the turn of the millennium, yeah. So post two thousand twenty, they have to have played for the Canucks after 2020. 2021. Oh, the, the millennium two thousand. Sorry, what did I say? 2020, right. After yes. 2000, right, okay. Yes. Sorry, I, I did understand the assignment. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, and I put a minimum, like I didn't want to go way off the board with some guy that played one game. So Totally, yeah, yeah, no, of course. Had to be a player. And, 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 then, and then I said, you know, the winner of this special edition round, this, this departing edition round of Name That Knock, um, will be whoever makes the first guess. Remember, points are awarded based on whether you get the first clue, the second clue, or the third clue, right? Yes. And so in the event of a tie, we will part as friends and gentlemen. No tiebreaker rules. 
We'll shake hands and go our separate ways <laughs> and reconvene at the rink in September. Yes. Uh, all right. Here we go. Uh, for one final time, at least uh, with me as the game show host here. Uh, this former Canuck third rounder seemed like he was built for major junior hockey, but never played in the Canadian Hockey League. Instead, he racked up 98 penalty minutes in 38 games in his lone season of NCAA hockey. Lone season. Third round pick. 98 penalty minutes in college hockey. Um, he never played CHL. No. And he was out of college fast, so he's probably pretty decent. Or at least pro-ready. Um, I'm going to go with... Matt Cook? No. That was a Belleville Bowl, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, this yeah, guy. I guess. No, no, that's all right. Uh, this guy broke into the NHL in Vancouver, but also put down roots in Pittsburgh, Ottawa, and Anaheim during an 11 year big league career. Pittsburgh, Ottawa, and Anaheim. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to lose. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. Um, Pittsburgh, Ottawa, and Anaheim. Peter Schaefer? No. No. Okay. All right. Maybe best remembered for a fight with the Anfanuf that never actually happened. A fight with the Anfanuf that... I oh, it's Kevin Bieksa. No. <laughs> no. He's a development coach in Columbus. His brother was just hired as an assistant in Florida. Oh, it's Derek Dorsett. <laughs> no, it's not Derek Dorsett. <laughs> what? Derek Dorsett played in Medicine Hat. He didn't play college hockey. Right. Um, I don't know, man. Oh, David. Is it David Booth? Like, I'm lost here. Steve. No. No. You were close with Matt Cook right off the hop. Oh. Is he a coach? Is he a, oh, a CHL coach? No. He's a development coach in Europe for Columbus. Oh, in Europe. Yarko. No, he was a seventh round pick. I don't know, man. I'm honestly stumped. You've stumped me. Well, no. Then did I? I did this to you the first time around as well. Um, when we played in the like back in whenever. Yeah. I had. Um, no, no. It's Yarko Rutu. Yarko oh, Rutu was. It a, is Rutu. He was a third round pick. Nineteen ninety-eight. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yarko. I didn't realize he played college hockey. Good for him. He played one Educated. year. Educated. Well, he played one year. And then went back to Finland. Okay, well, I should have got, I should have got it then. I, Ottawa, Anaheim, Pittsburgh. I should have got Yarko. I, I thought he was a seventh rounder for some reason. Oh, in my okay. head, he's one of those guys who goes way late. But yeah, now I remember they got him in like some trade. Like they got that pick in some trade. So he was a third round pick. Well done. I, I, I I'm quite embarrassed. But you're half asleep. That's okay. Yeah. I, I thought I said when he put down roots. I was trying to spell it out for you right there. I was like giving Fair it to you on a platter. Enough. Fair enough. Yeah, no, I. And you um, don't remember the Dion Phaneuf thing when he hit Phaneuf and Phaneuf challenged him to the fight? I do, and, then and then tripped he, over the stick. I do. That's genius. Yes. A genius clue. I don't know how I missed it. Truly, I don't know how I missed it. All right. Well, the bar is sufficiently low now for me, so I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't you, lose. <laughs> you just yeah. You just have to get it. Like you just have to get it at all. And Steve you, Korea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Yes. This former Canucks player, this former Canucks player, was a teammate of new Canucks player and Maple Ridge hero Brad Hunt in Brad Hunt's first AHL season. Oh, Brad Hunt's first AHL season. Mm-hmm. We're going back a ways. Uh, you, give me the clue one more time. Former Canucks player. Mm-hmm. He was a teammate of newly signed Canucks mm-hmm. player Brad Hunt in Brad Hunt's first AHL season. Oh, um, Darby Hendrickson. No, a good guess, though. A good guess. This Canucks player appeared in three seasons. No, sorry, four seasons with the Vancouver Canucks. And in only one of those seasons did he play more than 15 games for the team. (laughs) Oh, man. Um... Never played more than 15 games for the Canucks in a season? Sorry, only one of his four seasons. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. I'm still trying to place where Brad Hunt would have played his first AHL season. Um, Because I was thinking Minnesota, but I don't know why I thought that because he just finished with Minnesota. Wasn't yeah, in their system. He's, he's been everywhere. Right? I know he has. I know, and that's why, like, I St. Louis, so. Nashville. Do you remember he was on the Nashville team that went to the Cup final? He was on that roster. He never played, but he was on the roster. He like guy's been everywhere. Um, guy that didn't play much. Oh man. Um, yeah, this isn't going anywhere. Uh, I don't know. I'll go on to the third clue. I can't even think of like my head's just spinning. A former Kamloops Blazer. Yes. (laughs) This right-handed defenseman was a 10th overall pick, or it was the 10th overall pick in 1994. Oh, Nolan Longer. There, see, you made it easy for me. No, and I gentlemanly, I gentlemanly wanted to make sure he won. (laughs) Especially after I, especially because I do not deserve it, having struck out on Yarko Rutu. So I added the, I added some mustard to make it a little bit easier, but uh, but, I appreciate that. uh, But the fact of the matter is, is that you are the deserving. We finally have a champion for name that we tied last time. Didn't we? I think we did. Yeah. So we finally have a champion. You, J Pat are going out on top. The name that Canuck champion of the van. All right, we were a little rusty with name that Canuck. It wasn't the most, uh, it wasn't the <laughs> most smoothly executed uh, of our name that Canuck episodes, but hey, good fun nevertheless. Uh, look, this is it. This is, uh, we've talked about this for a while now. Uh, we knew this was coming. I just want to take a couple of moments here, Tom, to you know, for more than five years now, podcasting has been a huge part of my life. Like if you had told me that ten years ago, I would have thought you were nuts, and yet. Uh, really the last five years, um, you know, and I, I feel really fortunate because I think in some ways I was able to get out in front of the curve uh, before the proliferation of pods that are in the market. And there are a lot of people doing really good stuff in this space. And when I see where the industry's headed, I'm comforted by the fact that, you know, I've been playing and having fun here in the digital space for years. And I said it when I made my announcement and I'll say it again. Like I am two for two 
with podcast partners now, first with Botch and with you. And and it's just, it's so humbling to have created this project that's been so well received. And that means the world to me. Like you do your work and you hope people enjoy it and that they care what you have to say and they respect your opinion and all that. But more than anything, I think people have come here and we touched on it briefly earlier that, you know, they just want to come along for the ride, right? And, and share this space of informed and passionate Canucks discussion. And hopefully we give them things to think about and at times some things to laugh about, tell some stories and really more than anything, just pull people behind the curtain because I think both of you and I understand, like we're pretty fortunate and yeah, it's a damn cool job to cover professional hockey and and see the things that we've done and get to talk to people and meet the people that we have and all that kind of stuff. And it only gets better because at some point this team's going to turn the corner and and the games will matter a whole lot more. And and that's the real fun in all of this. And I can't wait. And, you know, yeah, I'm branching out in a different project here, but I'm really excited to be back around the rink. And so, you know, you and I have done this twice a week, three times a week for the last few months here and Every really other day in the bubble. <laughs> and haven't seen much of each other. Like, honestly, like, you know, and, and technology being what it is, you were in Toronto for two weeks, a couple of weeks ago. I was just on the island all of last week. We take our gear and we don't skip a beat, right? And the, the listeners are no wiser for it. And that's the beauty of the world we live in as well. So, uh, you know, again, we were able to do this remotely and keep the product and the quality level and all those things as high as as possible. And so I'm really proud. I'm really proud of the work that we've done here the last couple of weeks and, um, and not just the last couple of weeks, but you know, it was important for me. Like I could have said two weeks and I'm gone, but I knew that July was going to be this hectic month and I wanted to be here, uh, through all of this. And I, I think that, uh, you know, we've, we've given the VIPs certainly value for, for all of that. And, you know, the athletics in really good hands. I mean, the work that you have done here in the last couple of weeks is incredible uh, with Harm and Wyatt, Izzy behind the scenes. Uh, the athletic Vancouver is in, in really good hands. And, you know, one other thing for me, like it meant so much to me to be a part of the athletic family to help in some small way to fill the void even a little bit after the passing of Botch. And again, just being here with you and under the athletic umbrella and all that kind of stuff, um, you know, that was a transition in the market and you've come in and, you know, there aren't a lot of guys, I don't think that could have stepped in and, and filled that void, but you know, you've done your own thing. You've done it your own way. I think you're inspired by some of what Botch has done in the past, obviously, but you know, you've been able to take what you do and do it so well and the market is better for it. And I'm better for these last couple of years of just getting to, talk hockey with you uh, a couple times a week. So massive thank you to you. Well, and, and a massive thank you to you, man. It was, you know, there was no one else I would have wanted to do this project with um, when, when I came back and I was so grateful that you wanted to do it. And then we had so much fun doing it, like to the point where, and especially during the pandemic, it was, you know, a regular thing in my week that I like looked forward to that kept me sane. And, you know, it's such an important part of what we get to do that you have fun when you do it every time. And I always had fun doing the VanCast. I think I think I got better. I think we got better together, um, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and I'm just, first of all, I think at the end of the day, like my reaction when you first told me you were departing, right? I was truly happy for you, right? Truly happy for you because... 
you know, you've been incredibly resilient in a brutal, brutal industry. And that's a testament to your work ethic and the value you provide to all hockey fans in this marketplace. And the second thing I noted was that as much as I'll miss you personally, right? Like as much as in my self-interest, we just continue to do this, this project that I've enjoyed and that people have enjoyed. I, I thought it was more important for Canucks fans that you be at the rink doing what you do, which is asking questions that, you know, even just the other day, make me look up at my Zoom computer and go, fuck, good question. Um, then, then it was that we get to continue doing the podcast together. So, you know, honestly, I'm going to be thrilled uh, to, to watch what you do next uh, with North Beach. I think the market is lucky to have you in that type of, ro- of a role. Uh, I think we're all, everyone around the team is lucky to have you in that type of role. So, you know, as tough as this is for me, I'm, I'm thrilled for you. I'll be rooting for you. And, and of course, Sakaris and Price too, uh, maybe a little bit less. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, congratulations. Thank you for everything you brought on this show. Um, you know, you made me better. I had a, I had a great time working with you and I'm looking forward to, you know, competing in a friendly way, but, but, you know, in, in that way where we still just like spend all our time hanging out at the rink and laughing and, and chilling with Farhan, um, you know, once we're back to a more normal setup, hopefully fingers crossed at some point, whether it's next season or beyond. I want to take a moment to expressly thank Steamworks, H&I Roofing, and Portum Financial Services. They jumped on board here. Uh, We kind of had to break the mold to get some local sponsorship in addition to uh, some of the national sponsors that we've had here on the program and for local companies to get it, to recognize that they're part of the solution here if people want quality local programming. And Steamworks and H&I Roofing and Portum Financial Services all stepped in uh, and did their part, and, and I'll be you know eternally grateful for yep. that. Gurjeet uh, is you, literally my hero, so yes, agreed. <laughs> and 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 look, we're the two voices you hear, but it's a three man production, and Jeff Domet is our producer. Uh, and I think we've talked about it at times, but he's in Toronto. And again, mm-hmm. when you just talk about the world that we live in and, and being able to work with technology, uh, you know, it was a challenge. Like beyond the hey, I got to take this phone call. Uh, we were moving. No, but I mean, you know, you're busy writing. I had all my different appearances that I had to make in different uh, platforms and different shows and those types of things. And Jeff is busy producing three and four and at times five of the athletics podcasts and has uh, a workload that's stacked. And so to be able to carve out the time that we did each week with his help and on his schedule too. Uh, he was just a delight to work with, and and so uh, I thank him for being there for us day in, day out as well. Hey, just before we run, and you touched on it briefly in the last podcast, but lots of questions. I'm stepping aside, uh, but the VanCast, I think, is going to exist in some form or fashion, right? Like, what can you tell the VIPs about where we go from here? Very little. Honestly, very little. I'm I'm going to wing it for a little bit, I think. And then we're going to relaunch with something a little more significant, a little more substantial, a new format right before the season, like right before the season, mid-September. I'm probably going to take some time off too. Like I'm probably, we're, we're probably not going to go dark, but we're going to be at a much lower frequency for a little bit as I just sort of rest up and uh, take some breaks over the next couple of weeks. And then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep the conversation going, but in a very different way for a little bit and then we're going to do a big aggressive relaunch and I, I'm just not ready to tell people what exactly that looks like because I don't know. 
So uh, this is an evolving, an evolving problem, <laughs> an evolving situation for for the Vancast. But here's what I can promise you: I'll I'll still be podcasting. This show will still be there. Stay subscribed, please, and and I promise we will launch something uh, great on the other side. But um, exactly what that looks like, you, you'll have to bear with me as I figure it out myself. And so, which you know, which is more likely then: clarity on the future of the Vancast or Quinn Hughes getting a contract? Um. Uh, right now, I'd pick Quinn Hughes on a slightly more accelerated timeline. But by the time we relaunch, like at least I know what day I'm relaunching. You know, like I know for sure we'll be we'll be launched before training camp. Um, will Hughes be signed before training camp? Durant says no. Durant says no. Tweet it. No, I, I'm very he may he may be, but history suggests that 10.2 C negotiations, you know, can go long. Um, so yeah, so it goes. All right. You know, the format of these pods, I say it at the end, uh, there are other options under uh, the Athletic banner, including uh, the Athletic Hockey Show. We played the clip of Jim Hughes earlier. If you want to hear the full interview, Jim and Ellen Hughes, Luke Jack and Quinn's mom and dad join Craig Custance and Sean Gentilly on the Athletic Hockey Show. So you can check that out and check out our comment section for every podcast episode at the Athletic app. Rate and subscribe to the VanCast on Apple if you're not already a subscriber. Go to theathletic.com slash fancast, receive a subscription for just $3.99 per month for six months. You mentioned it earlier, Tom. You've got a piece, sort of uh, a final piece for this week that is likely posted by the time people hear this. Yeah, it's posted now. It's called the Yaroslav Halak Risk, the Brandon Sutter Injury Insurance, and eight more thoughts from the Canucks' offseason so far. This is like my deep dive into several ephemeral notes that maybe escaped our notice on free agent frenzy day i've got tons of details on like danila klimovich and and the club's plans for him and you know i talked to brad hunt <laughs> so he was on my mind j pat while doing name that canuck i've got some poolman notes and explaining why i expect him to play with oliver ekman larson um you know lots lots of little details that may maybe got missed including including covering a, a player named John Stevens who got converted from an AHL deal to an NHL two-way. John Stevens is the son of the NHL coach, John Stevens. Um, but but an interesting story there, an interesting Abbotsford story to watch. Um, again, just some organizational nuggets that I think fell through the cracks on Wednesday that I wanted to unpack while the frenzy was still on my mind and do at length before the weekend. So that's there. Everyone enjoy your long weekend. We'll be back pumping out content at The Athletic anyway next week. And stay tuned. We will let you know what's next for the VanCast as news breaks. But thank you to everyone who's listened to our show over the last two years. Like the engagement we got, the photoshops, you know, the the, the jokes. Like, do you see the guy who, th- who uh, photoshopped me reading stories? Yes. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> like the remember the wings photoshops? Oh. Uh, incredible. The best. Like the best. our our listeners yep. have been so good. So good. And and so, you know, I, I, we know that us talking and laughing has become a part of your routine, right? And we just we can't So I'm sure this is like I'm sure, you know, this is tough for us. Misty in my, you know, office right now. I'm sure it's tough for all of you too, but I just want to I just want to thank everyone who's made us part of their routine. Uh, they were such a part of the you know lifeblood of this program. Well, you are the best. Uh, I love you, brother. Uh, it has man. been an absolute blast, even if you were 20 minutes late, but you can go back to sleep now. <laughs> and 
to the VIPs. I mean, that's why we do it. Support has just been incredible. So uh, one last time, all I can do is say thank you. Thank you. Uh, for the answer, this is J-Pat. For the final time, the two of us together here uh, on this program, at the very least, uh, you've been listening to the VanCast at The Athletic and TheAthletic.com. We'll miss you, J-Pat. No! No! Not allowed! You can't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> I won't do that to you. I won't do that to you. <laughs>